Six Nations. Two Kiwis. You're listening to the Six at Six special podcast with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to Honda. Power of Dreams. Exclusively on Radio Nova. It's that theme. It kind of sounds like a male stripper theme, Brent, to a certain extent. Well, just as you say that. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just as I say that. I see you've been stripped of your hair, though, sporting a new haircut. It was about time, though, in fairness, wasn't it? That's it, like you're like Samson once you're stripped of your strength and charisma with those locks gone. Oh, God. (laughs) I can't put them back on, anyway. Yeah. Well, it's a decisive weekend all round, Brent. I've got an uneasy feeling about this one, punters. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those changes, you know, when you're looking at... Henderson out, Furlong especially, Robbie Henshaw. You're now looking at a side that, uh, you know, you go back a couple of weeks, they're all Lions players. You were looking like, a, you know, a front row if Jack McGrath. I know um, Ken Healy's there on form, uh, but if you looked at a front row, you know, it could be an all Lions front row with Furlong there, McGrath, and, of course, Best, and then Henderson in the second row, four out of the five would have, the tight five would have been, you know, uh, Irish and British Lions. Oh. Now you've only got one remaining. You know, which is Roy Best. So, if I yeah. if I were Andrew Porter filling in for Tyke Furlong, I would be planking it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Porter's very good, but I mean, it's a big game, and I mean, the Welsh front row is pretty good. Uh, Sampson Lee's especially good. He's a kind of a, you know guy that's vying for positions in the Lions himself. I just think that's kind of turned things a wee bit. I felt that Ireland probably had the experience and a bit more grit up front. Uh, for the Welsh but now that's you know that's a toss of the coin that one so it's going to be a fantastic game and I mean it'll really define both I suppose nations championships this year Tyke Furlong was uh, Brent yeah. and I were saying before just oh. when he came he was never no. going to be playing and there was all this no, no. fake optimism coming out of out of well, basically coming out of Joe Schmidt. Well, I he think in that position too, playing. you know, like in that position, I've, I, I'd tear my hamstring after walking across the road for a bus. They got that bad. <laughs> but uh, but I had chronic uh, bad hamstrings. But regardless of the treatment modalities now, and I know they get in and out of hot bars and they have all the latest treatment and it's great and I know that, but I mean a hamstring still takes a while to heal and especially in a position of a power position like that say, when you're prop. I like, that, that's, that's your engine room. Well, also the fact is if you go, you know, training's never the same as a game. And you always get through trains or whatever. Suddenly you're onto the game and there's the adrenaline and everything. And then bang, you go into the first scrum and you feel it go. And you think, you know, it's one of those psychological things. You know, like sprinters often talk about it's the worst injury they can have because it's a psychological one. You know, they're down in the blocks, they're ready to go. Like he is in the first scrum. You're wondering, is it going to hold out? And It's, it's on you. But it's he's a big loss. Mind. He's a huge loss with, with Robbie Henshaw. Uh, Farrell comes in replacing like with like he's a big strong player but Henshaw over the last couple of years has built up that experience you've got two guys in Bundyaki and Chris Farrell that pretty inexperienced at international level they'll have to get in guidance from the likes of Rob Carney and Johnny Sexton uh, as to what to do in certain parts of the field that only comes with game time Okay, well, let's see what uh, some of the members of Pat's panel have oh, to say. Do we care? Well. Do we care? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, we yes, do. Yeah. I'm only joking. Of course, we do. I like <laughs> the panel. Just because like from the, the, the Connacht man had a go at well, you. Well, we apologise. We made up. You, you he said, does, he yeah. sent me chocolates during the week. Did he really? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my question to you, Brent, is what, what do you think of George Hook, really? i tell you what, to be honest, I really... Um, I'm not just saying, I enjoyed the days of that kind of uh, rugby coverage. I know it's changed now, but it, it, it was good fun. 
I mean, we had a good laugh. I mean, you would have arguments and we didn't agree on many things. Uh, but, I mean, I think it was just a sort of a brand of entertainment TV. So, you know, we got on. We wouldn't, he'd tell him himself, we wouldn't uh, hang out together or go to each other's places or meet for a drink or anything. We were kind of work colleagues more than anything. But I just enjoyed, you know, like, I enjoyed his, his, his humour sharp and it was good fun and he was always ready to argue. And I think, you know, coverage now has become a bit sort of, you know, I mean, I may be a dinosaur saying it, but it's become... <laughs> All a, technical a stuff. And, and well, it's just yeah, technical. Very detailed, I keep right, yeah. I keep having people come up to me every day and say, "Look, you know, we're not avid rugby followers, whatever. We just want to know the basics. You know, we don't need to know about. It's the same as when I'm watching football. I don't know what a two up, three up, or whatever these are. I just want to know here, <laughs> Giles and Duffy's talking about some player. You know, <laughs> the monster member of the panel of Pat's panel is Doctor Dave, PhD. Doctor Dave, PhD. Wales is never a given. Pat, every time we play Wales, I get nervous. They seem to have, I wouldn't say a hex over us, but we know each other so well. We play each other so often. And of course, when Warren Gatlin brings Wales to Dublin, he's determined to put one over on us and his old employers. And I suppose looking at our team, it's a very good team. It's great to see Monsters Chris Farrell getting a chance outside a proper outhouse. Bundy. One of the world's best. But... I do worry a little bit about both Tyg Furlong and Ian Henderson being missing because I really think the scrum will be a huge part of, of the story. Yeah, no, exactly right. And just sort of echoes the sentiments I said before. Funny enough, then the, it's the games where I'm confident, like against France, Ireland don't do so well. So hopefully I'm not so confident about this one. They'll, they'll do well. But he's right when he says Warren Gatlin. Warren Gatlin has this attitude, he likes to up he likes to up the grievances on his side and we already see in the papers today Dan Biggers saying how dare Ireland and England start talking about a grandstand where they haven't played us yet. They'll be aggrieved about that try that wasn't given in, in England. He'll have them over here to say, look, you know, I was coach of this team. It's his hundredth game in charge. Uh, of Wales uh, he'd like nothing better to put one over Joe Schmidt two Kiwis going head to head yeah. Joe's name's been banded about in New Zealand as a future all black coach after his island I was going to ask Ireland. you about that because yeah. I'd say Warren knows he won't ever get that shot but well he I don't know I don't know but I mean it was just that that Joe's name certainly was up in lights there when I was back home recently and uh, any coach wouldn't like that Warren would say, hold on a minute, you know, I've won Grand Slams, I've taken Lions Swords, I've got a drawn series out in New Zealand, aren't I due a bit more respect than that? And he probably is, but I think he he has this thing, a love-hate relationship with the Irish public about the Brian O'Driscoll thing, about the Sean O'Brien last year. Warren likes to irk the the public, so, but he will like nothing better to pop that champagne afterwards with his 100th game with a win in Dublin. Won't be easy, of course, Joe Schmidt's trying to do the same thing, but that's what makes this match such a fascinating duel. I'll have the uh, member of Pat's panel from Connacht shortly. Oh, God, yeah. he's on again. No, it's all right, oh. you're safe this time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 diver- oh, I diverted goodness. the flack. <laughs> Wings in a minute, too. But the man from Connacht on Pat's panel had to say earlier on today. There's no secret that Gatlin has a dislike for Irish rugby. But he mentioned uh, earlier on the week he's wary of three Irish players, Stander, Murray and Sexton, and uh, he feels that they may have to target the latter two. Now, I know no coach would tell people to go out and hurt someone, but uh, I think the two boys are going to get an awful horrid time on Saturday. On the other hand, you're not thinking that um, maybe we should get Stander in the first 
15, 20 minutes running at bigger just to test out that shoulder and see if it is right because he hasn't played in a couple of months. You know? Yeah, to make it make it two-way traffic. <laughs> exactly, you know. But uh, I, I feel that uh, man in the middle might have a bit to do on, on Saturday. Now, Brent, that's Donica, the, the uh, Connacht rep on Pat's panel. Brent, mm. what's the reality behind that? I mean, we all know, it, it, it gets talked about, but never directly. No. Does a coach take the lads aside and say, hurt him, hurt Sexton, whack him in the head? His concussions have been getting a lot of press. No, remember, last, remember last season? Does a coach take them aside no, and say, I, I, well, right, I don't think you can person. now, like anything in, in life. I don't think you can now. There certainly was a time in rugby uh, where that would have been said to you. You know, there was some, you know, like I've been coached by, you know, coaches that would have said things like that. Not directly in the sense of round the head or whatever, because New Zealand rugby was always, the, the, the head was sacrosanct, you know. But I think there's another way of phrasing those sorts of things. Like, I mean, I can understand uh, what he says in the sense that if Bigger is coming back from a shoulder injury then, you know, the collision areas might be targeted and around the close. So Joe Schmidt might say, okay, well, you know, let's test the shoulder out, see if he's up to tackle because he is a, he is a big tackler. You know, Big is known for that. A bit like Johnny Sexton, he does go into the fray, he doesn't run out the out the back door. But I think it'd just be phrased different ways. I, I don't think any coach really worth his salt is going out to play and say, look, hey, target the specific guy. They might look at a player's vulnerability, whether that's psychological or whether it's under the high ball or whether it's other things like that. They might target that. But I don't think they would ever go out now in the modern game. I may be wrong. I don't think they'd ever go out and say, look, get this guy into a ruck and, and hurt him. I think when Warren Gatton talks about targeting Johnny Six and Conor Murray, I think that's out of respect that they're such good players that he may have to get them to tackle more or whatever. He may have to put pressure on them. I, I, can, I can hear people laughing. Well, there's a difference between put pressure on a player and target a player, isn't it? And I think we've got to be very careful here, the language we use, because if, as a coach, you go out and say, hey, let's target yeah. this particular player, you know, for a physical reason, then that's not on. You know, quite frankly, you wouldn't go on and say, look, let's target Johnny Six and try to get him off the field. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, to me, that's just unsportsmanlike, you know. Mm. This is professional now, though, Brent, you know. Yeah, but I... I I'm tell, I, yeah. I can't believe that any coach at this level or any coach at, at any level would actually should be doing that. Say, say, well, say they shouldn't be doing it. They, should, they shouldn't be coaching as far as I'm concerned. They shouldn't be saying to play. They can say, let's target his left foot or something like that or put him onto the left foot because he's not a great kicker yeah. or let's target him in the air because he's not great under the air, yeah. under the ball. Joe Schmidt certainly been saying that. A lot of the times they play teams like Fiji, they say, look, the Fijians are used to running with the ball and great free-spirited players, but under the high ball, they're a bit suspect. So, yes, you target aspects of a game, but you certainly don't as a coach. I'd be peed off if there was a coach saying, hey, get that guy off the park, I want you to do it. That's coming back to sort of ice hockey days when those guys used to come on, those enforcers. They used to come on, they used to be told, they couldn't even skate half of them. They used to come, <laughs> no, I'm serious. They used to come on and they would say, look, a guy like Wayne Gretzky's in trouble, you've got to go on, throw the gloves down, down and smack down in the first couple of minutes. That's what they were employed to do. It's a fascinating, I think there's a great thing on Netflix, something Gladiator or something wants to watch it, where these guys have all suffered problems later in life, a lot of them. A lot of them have died too early, a lot of them have become depressed and that because that was their role. Their role was just Jesus. to go on and take out opposition players that were threats and it was part of the game and yeah. the fans loved it 
Oh, and they loved there it. There you go. That's the problem. Is that the, and the, they were asked the about it. masses want blood. And they were asked yeah. about it after games. They said, "Yeah, it's part of the game, that, and 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 it should be." I mean, for me, it's not part of the game. I mean, you you know, you you never target a player. You know, physically, yes, impose yourself on him in a sense of a tackle or make a good legal tackle, but certainly not going out to intentionally. You know, hurt any player. We've been saying before, Alex. Wales is never a given, and this weekend especially. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's I think it's mental to think that at the start of the week, Pat, the bookies had to spread at twelve points in favour of Ireland, minus twelve. One, one of my friends knows one of the spread betters in Paddy Power very well, and he was saying it's the most ludicrous handicap he has ever seen. He said everyone back Wales plus twelve. I think it's gone into eight now, and I think with the Ireland team out, it's probably gone in less. I think. Andrew Porter's only 21 and he's playing prop against a very experienced Wales front row. It's, it's madness. So you don't like us this week? I think it's too tough. I think with all the, the Lions players coming back from Wales, I think if anyone remembers the Lions test with uh, Liam Williams, he was absolutely phenomenal. And I think he is going to target Jacob Stockdale every time he gets the ball because defensively he is very vulnerable. And I think there's a few few issues, I think, Chris Farrell at centre at this level, he's, he's never ever played at this level before, he's a big lad and he'll, he'll be used to truck the ball up but I just think Wales are far too strong for us this weekend, we're missing too many players and Gatland, Gatland loves a bit of revenge against the Irish, we all know that Alex Valenster of Pat's panel. I'm getting the feeling, Brent, that you're not a million miles away, the two of you. No, it's pretty good summation, I think. You know, I mean, you know, yes, Chris Farrell performed well against the Argentine, but what I said before, you know, you're in a situation in those two axis positions in the midfield. You've got two relatively inexperienced players, and what Brian O'Driscoll brought to that position, that, that even when he lost a bit of his pace, was this experience and being able to tell players, look, get rid of the ball or get the ball out or whatever. So, Communication becomes key again. I think the whole nature of the front of the of the pack has changed because of those admissions of, of Furlong in particular and Henderson as well. Good ball carrier. So now Wales will look at saying, okay, that was an area we probably might not have been as quite competitive. Now it's an area they're competitive. I think those lines coming back. I'm not too sure about the lines coming back because I think sometimes that might be a mistake. You know, do you bring these players back? And if they're not quite right, you know, are you saying to the other players that have performed so well against Scotland then against England? And are you saying to them, okay, well, now the big boys are back, so you step aside? I think bigger, still a bit suspect, probably injured. Liam Williams, yes, on his day, an exciting player, but again, been out for a long time with injuries. So, well, he'll see how that played. But oh, this is a tight one to call. You'd be a brave man to go either way. Um, I just feel, I feel that Wales, you know, if they can get off to a bit of a start, and of course, half pennies there to kick over goals, then He's good. you know, it could, it, it could be. Look, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna stick to my, I'm gonna stick to my guns, and I'm gonna go Ireland. Come on, Ireland! I'm gonna say you can still do it and lead up to that Grand Slam match against England. Come on, Ireland! Same again next week, Brent Pope on the six at six. Thanks to the all-new Honda Civic diesel. Six Nations, two Kiwis. You're listening to the Six at Six special podcast with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to Honda, power of dreams. Exclusively on Radio Nova.